Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to the NASCAR DFS show for today's race. Phil, man, how you doing, man? Good, Jason. How about yourself? Oh, man, I cannot complain. I cannot complain, man. Uh, you know, nice little uh, afternoon here in Tampa, man, you know, so uh, doing all good, man. So, uh, you know, obviously, by the way, it's first day producing, so just trying to make sure everything is uh, is working correctly. So uh, hopefully uh, everyone can hear uh, Phil. So if you have any problems here in Phil, just, just let me know there in the YouTube chat as I uh, try to uh, make sure everything is working right here. But uh of course, uh, you know, a lot of things to take in. Of course, no road race this week. That is something definitely to, uh, to I, I know, probably makes you uh, very happy. But uh, first off, you know, I was, I was looking at one of your articles there at awesomeo.com, and one of the things that you said was roster construction on DraftKings and saying how you need a minimum of two dominators on DraftKings. And, and let me just kind of get your take of why you view this way, of why you need to have two dominators. Right. Um, you know, this goes back to my basic idea that, you know, the, the best way to think about NASCAR DFS is as a as a sliding scale, as the amount of laps change and as the track changes, you adjust what you're doing with with your with your lineups. If you try to stay static every, every week, you know, sure, it may hit some weeks because you landed on the right combination. But then the other weeks, you're going to find yourself with either too many dominators or not, or not enough. And then, of course, that messes what you're doing with uh, how many place differential drivers that you're doing. So we go from a 65 lap race at a road course from last Sunday to a 311 lap race, 311 miles here at Dover, which is a um, I, I guess you would basically call it a very a uh, uh, a bigger version of of Bristol, if if you would say. In fact, you know, Dover is kind of its own thing on the on the Cup Series right right now. There's no other track in that uh, that same length at a mile that has the banking that it that it does. You either have to go up to uh, tracks like like Homestead or uh, Darlington, or you go down to a smaller track like Bristol. So Dover's kind of its its own its own special its own special thing. So we've got 311 laps around this high high banked oval because because of the 311 laps, there's that much that many more dominator points available than there were last week. So when you when you boil when you boil things down, you're looking at a two dominator build across DraftKings and across FanDuel. Normally, these races and um, I, I pointed this out in the in the preview articles that. You know, if you're trying to base your lineup construction off of these past over races, you're probably doing yourself a harm because these past over races were always 400 laps, 400 miles. So, you know, we're subtracting 89 laps, which will, you know, impact dominators. In previous over races, we would have looked at, at, at three for sure. But since we've backed this down to 311, I think you're you're safe if you look at two. But if you wanted to outside of cash on DraftKings, you could look to three dominators in your builds. In terms of roster construction on the other, 
DFS sites. Is it same, similar, a little different? Yeah, I think at a minimum on FanDuel, you're still gonna you're still gonna need two. But really, the only times that you ever go with a three dominator build on FanDuel is when we go to a place like Martinsville, a place like Bristol, where you're looking at 500, 500 laps. Um, a week like this on FanDuel, whether you're playing cash or tournaments, and especially with guys like Blaney, Austin Dillon, Kyle Busch, these guys in the back, it's just not going to be advantageous to go after a third dominator on, on FanDuel. And, you know, quite frankly, on Superdraft, we can definitely make the case for rostering one of these guys in the top 10 as a as a champion selection because there are so many um, laps, lap, laps lead points on the board. Of course, uh, we appreciate everyone tuning in here on a Saturday afternoon. Hopefully, everyone's Saturday is going well here. It was a little rainy early this morning in Tampa, but uh, it's starting to clear up. So, hopefully, everyone's having a good weekend. Of course, uh, we both of us would really appreciate if you hit that thumbs up button right here on YouTube. It helps us out a lot. Also, if you do have any questions, comments, you can hit them up on YouTube or on the premium Slack. We will get to those questions as we do go on, but uh, one of the things that uh, we like to do here is we like to kind of break this thing down into tiers. Uh, and using the DraftKings salaries in terms of this one, um, you know, we've got six fighter, or excuse me, uh, it's it's just it it happens, Phil. It happens. I can't, I I, I can't, I, I I seriously, I think I need to put a post-it note up here. Don't call a driver a fighter, even though sometimes they might fight. Oh yeah, after after today, they might be fighters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that does tend to happen. But uh, so we got six drivers, if I can say that correctly, in, in tier one. So tier one is drivers who are ten thousand and above. So we've got Ryan Blaney, eleven eight; Kevin Harvick, eleven four; Martin Truex Jr., eleven thousand; Kyle Busch, ten thousand six hundred; Kenny Hamlin, ten thousand two hundred; Chase Elliott at ten thousand. Of course, uh, we've got uh, the drivers that'll be starting one, two, and three. And then uh, Harvick in the 10th spot, Bush in the 22nd spot, and Blaney in the 20th spot. So uh, when you look at these and thinking of, of your kind of general thoughts about this race, who is the one that is there one or two, maybe three, or maybe even four that stick out to you? One, as, as soon as DraftKings posted salaries on, on Wednesday, I, I laughed to myself when I saw them make Ryan Blaney 11800 like, if something really peculiar would have happened last week, I mean, for the love of God, we were we were there with only a few laps to go, and Blaney was in twelfth, and then somehow he fell all the way back to to thirty first. I, I I'm still flabbergasted how he how he pulled that off. But regardless, if Blaney was starting in the like thirty fifth or worse, then we can make a case for this salary because of all that place differential. But I mean, we're talking. At a maximum, 19 spots, we have no no real reason to believe that Blaney's going to be fighting for the fighting for the lead based off of what he's done uh, track history at, at this uh, track history wise here at Dover. Six races the last three years, he's only finished on the lead lap twice in those in those six races with an average finish of 20.7. So I mean, it's not like this history at Dover is baked into Blaney's salary. You are paying nearly $12,000 for a driver with fair amount of, of place differential. And especially when you compare that to Kyle Busch, who is $1,200 cheaper and has two more, two more spots to gain. You know, as things stand, 
I don't think you can pay eleven thousand eight hundred for for Blaney. Whether you think he's a a place differential driver, um, a dominator, or, or what what have you, you know, quite simply, he needs to get to the lead and he needs to lead a chunk of laps, get some fastest laps in order to to pay off that that salary. Kyle Busch is a bit more doable because of that depressed salary, and Kyle has a pretty good track history here at, at Dover, including a win and four top tens in his last six races. But the guy that we're definitely focusing on is the pole sitter, Chase Elliott, 10,000. Chase has run really, really well here at Dover over his history. He's got a win back in the uh, the fall of 2018. And in my preview article, I said that because of the way that they're running the 750 horsepower package this year, that, you know, you really don't look to last year as the more comparable track. You look back to 2018. So, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty good indication of what to hopefully expect out of uh, Chase and the, and the nine crew today. And then you've got Denny Hamlin starting, starting second who, you know, he hasn't won here in the last in the last three years, but he's run really well, two top fives, four top ten finishes. Um, the the laps led data, it, it, it says these are the two guys that you want. If you, you know, the if you don't have the pole sitter that's going to lead the most laps, it's going to be the driver starting starting second. These guys are going to use the track position and the clean air to their advantage, and they're going to they're going to sit on the lead. Chase had this pole last year in the in this race ended up leading the most laps and then you go to the fall race in october denny sat on the pole and, and led the most laps so you've got track history you've got track position everything that says these these two guys should probably be the cornerstones of your lineup in terms of i mean you mentioned there about blaney what your your concerns are there outside yeah. of blaney is one of the other five drivers that you're going to have to pay up for a concern at, or would you offer some concerns of what could uh, not ultimately play out for you the way you, you would hope for when you're paying up at these salaries. Right. Uh, Harvick being at 11, 11, four, you definitely need him to probably lead the, lead the most laps in the, in this race. And I mean, it's definitely on the board over the last six, six races, Harvick is averaging the most laps led at Dover in the field with 81.3 per race, 58.8, uh, fastest laps, averaging just a tick under 88 DraftKings points, 80, 83 on the on the nose FanDuel points. So, I mean, he has been so good. But the concern that I have with with Harvick is when you look at the lap sled data page on the race sheets and you see where the top two lap leaders are com- are coming from. Very rarely are they coming from a driver starting this this far back. You are most part getting either the pole sitter, the driver starting second or third or fourth. I mean, I can look here at all of at all of these cases of, of these uh, these 12 races and we're talking about five drivers that have started 10th or worse that have led the, the most laps or the second most laps here at, at Dover. I think it's just it's so incredibly tough to to pass drivers here at Dover. I think it's going to be a it's going to be a real work for Harvick to get to the get to the lead, which is why I'm concerned about paying at you know eleven eight price for for Blaney just the same, uh, Truex, you know he he's priced up but he's priced up because of track history. He's got the best average finish in the field at 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 Dover with four point eight over the last six races. He's got to win five top five finishes. That's best in the in the field. Uh, you know Truex, it, 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 I hate to say it, but if if it isn't Elliott or it isn't Hamlin, then more than likely it's going to be Truex. You know those. 
those top three, because of where they are and because of who they are, they make the most sense as your as your dominators. And I believe that if you go to the top driver top driver tool, yeah, that's who Alex has projected as the most likely to be today's dominators. Yeah, and actually, if you look at those ownership projections as well, as I pulled that up, uh, Chase Elliott is by far the, the driver that's bringing the most ownership. And, of course, if you want to get a Awesome Plus weekly NASCAR pass, you can do that right now by going to awesomeo.com forward slash join. Get a NASCAR weekly pass for nine ninety five. That gets you access to driver projections, ownership projections, and the top driver tool. I know for me, Phil, it's I'm always looking at, the, obviously, the top driver tool is something that I really look at. But really, I'm always looking at ownership. I, I don't care what sport it is. I'm trying to find out who is a who is a, the athlete that I like who I, who may be under owned. When you're over and you're looking at all of the premium tools that we have, what, what, is it a top driver tool that's kind of your your go to tool? Yeah, because you know, I, I always want to get a sense of where the where the field is going. And I mean, let's let's go back to last week. Brendan gone. I mean, if if. The 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 seventy percent plus ownership projection on on gone wasn't enough to to scare you off. Then everything that we talked about in the show should have been enough to make you say, "Yeah, maybe I can have a few shares in case he he does well." But getting off of that train is probably in our our best interest. And I don't know how many people I talked to in Slack after that race that said, "God, I wish I just would have faded Brendan gone." You know, he had a transmission issue. There's no way to pro- pro- project those things. You know, he'd been running in the 27th, 28th position compared to where he started. So he was on the verge of being good value. But, you know, transmission gave way. He finishes. If it wasn't dead last, it was thir- 38th. And he ended up being a big black hole in a lot of people's lineups last week. Hey, we all have those stories. We all have those bad days where you're like, man, why did I put that guy in my lineup? But you got to check out that NASCAR weekly pass that we have for nine ninety five, And uh, especially when you're trying to build your lineups for the races this weekend, it's definitely something you want to take advantage of. So uh, let's move on to uh, tier number two. And so this are the drivers that are in the 8,000 and 9,000 range. So we've got Brad Kozlowski. Joey Logano, Eric Jones, Eric Amarola, Austin Dillon, Alex Bowman, uh, Kyle Busch, William Byron, and Jimmy Johnson. I got to tell you, Phil, I'm I'm in here last uh, last weekend watching the race. We talked so much about Alex Bowman, even though I was scared to put him in my lineup because I knew his ownership was going to be high. And then when I see his tire, I'm like, oh, son of a. Yep, I did. I did the same thing. I said, oh, for the love of God, if it was going to happen to anybody, it was going to be him. Yeah, man. I, it's just look. We, we've all we've all had that. But uh, you know what? In this tier two, what is there one driver that sticks out above the others in your mind? Probably for the for the sake of ownership. And let me let me go back here to the tool. The guy that I'm I'm talking about, and everybody else has probably guessed it, is Austin Dillon, because he missed the race last last week. He's starting back in in thirties thirty second. In fact, if Cas Grala hadn't had done so, done so well, I mean. That was egg on my face. Kaz did a magnificent job of stepping into that car, driving all the way from the back, holding himself in the in the in the top ten, and probably did himself a a good job of maybe getting a look from one of these lower lower teams for a for a ride next year. But if I look at if I look at ownership, go down here to to Austin Dillon, forty one point seven percent, and I mean that's to be expected with a driver starting 30, 32nd and. You know, quite frankly, Austin's probably a good 
1500 $1,400 more than he would be, you know, had he, had he not, you know, had this, had this position. So I, you know, the question is, if you're going to, if you're going to play Dylan at 40 plus percent ownership, maybe even, uh, maybe even 50 and God, if we're talking about cash games, you know, we are probably looking somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 to 80%, you know, can he hit five X? So we're needing him to get somewhere in the 35 to uh, yeah, that we're, we're needing him to get somewhere in the, in the 40 to 45 point range. And if he can just maneuver through the field and finish about 12 to 15th, and you know, he's got an average finish of 16th at Dover over the last six races, which, you know, suggest that he can do that and he's been running pretty pretty well before he had to take this break for the for the the COVID-19 positive test I think he'll he'll at the very least scrape getting 5x value and maybe maybe even more so you know if we're talking about a guy scraping that value yeah that's good for cash but he's probably a guy that you might want to get underweight on in tournaments uh speaking of Austin Dillon uh Chase says is he a smash on FanDuel yeah, I mean, there, there's no reason not to not to play Austin. He, you know, FanDuel isn't playing this game that DraftKings is, where they're waiting for the for the, the starting orders to come out to to play with the play with salaries. Seven thousand for Austin Dillon with all that place differential. I mean, it's it's simple. You go one of Chase Blaney, not Blaney Chase El, Chase Hamlin Truex throw in throw in Austin. And God, you've probably got enough salary left over where you could throw in throw in Kyle because of this place differential, and then just boot your your last your last position. So yeah, on Fanduel, Austin is a no brainer. You know, we mentioned about um, roster constructions, and Chase brings this one up in this term of Fanduel. He says more of a balance build or a stars and scrubs. Would you uh, consider two cheap guys like a Joy Dylan Wallace? Yeah, I I think. Because you're you're placing emphasis on two two dominators, and then you've got a driver like Kyle Busch at eleven two, who's going to give you a really nice place differential floor, and then you throw in you know throw in Austin Dillon, and then you've got you you know we'll, we'll get to these guys later on, but you've got guys that are under underpriced like a like a Ryan Priest, like a like a Ty Dillon that um, are are going to be easy ways to just. Uh, to, to fill out your roster crap for the for the love of god Corey lajoy is thirty five hundred dollars this week on, on fanduel i mean th- there may be some overlap this week because everybody else is going that way but it's the it's the path for ro- roster construction on fanduel that makes the most sense uh you know in terms of uh also another um roster construction question this comes from super draft is how many dominators do you have to have on super draft if I go here to to my to my projections for for super draft the you know because of those 311 laps you definitely can make the case for a for a dominator as your as your champion pick like um I gave Chase Elliott 100 100 laps led and playing him as your champion pick with those bonus points that gives you 100 150 Point six seven points. That's him starting first, of course, but finishing finishing fifth. So he's going to lose a little bit of place differential. You know, I'm not expecting Chase to 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 win today. He'll ultimately fade in the in the final segment, but still, I imagine he'll score enough dominator points that whatever he loses place differential wise, it's not gonna it's not gonna matter. 
Um, when you start getting away from your champion pick and you try thinking about, okay, can I possibly play a dominator as a, as a flex play? It, it gets thin because you are talking about a guy like Kevin Harvick, whose flex multiplier is, is one or Brad Kozlowski, who's 1.05, Martin Truex, who's 1.15. I mean, you can give these, you can even give these guys a bunch of laps led, but because of the multiplier system, it's so incredibly tough for them to match or outscore, outscore guys like Tyler Reddick or Austin Dillon or Daniel Suarez. You know, it's, it's something to, to keep in mind that even though they're getting those bonus points because the laps led, their flex multipliers are so low that it, it really hurts their probability to, to, to be anything besides a champion pick. With Logano starting in the five spot, does that concern you in terms of, you know, where he could finish up if he's, you know, finishes 10th, 15th? Does that concern you? Yeah, and, you know, L- Logano's kind of on a on a list of drivers that I'm, I'm hands-off right now, especially after he started on, the, started on the pole and did absolutely nothing with it. You know, I don't know where his team is right now because, I mean, let me just scroll over here. Yeah, he's, he's doing all right. Going backwards, his finishes have been ninth, fifth, eighth, fourth. Had a thirty-fifth at Kansas, and then a third at at Texas. So, I mean, you're getting you're getting top ten finishes from Logano, but the thing that you're not getting is him actually getting to the front, leading laps, gaining fastest laps. So, I mean, if you're okay with forty-five points from a driver that scores, you know, from a ninety-four hundred dollar uh, driver on DraftKings, then yeah, I mean, shoot, you know. Have, have yourself a have yourself a day, but ninety four hundred dollars for, you know, barely three x. That's that you know that's that's not advantageous. Mm-hmm. In terms of uh, some other drivers in, in this one, who uh, is you know maybe when you look at our ownership projections and and you know top drivers tool, I mean, is there one that you think it you know could be kind of a a contrarian play at all? because of the nature of this, of this track, it will be easy for drivers to get lapped. I mean, probably within the first 20 laps, you will see drivers getting lapped. So a strategy that makes a lot of sense is moving, you know, for obvious reasons, you're going to play some of these pump plays because they are just way under underpriced and what they need to be to, to make value or hit six or seven X it's, it's so low, it's stupid. But for the rest of your pool, there's an argument to be made about, you know, moving your place differential drivers within the within the within the teens, you know, picking some of these guys that even though they're in the the eight the 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 eights or the nines, they're a little more expensive than you would probably want to go after. You know, simply picking them because they start forward enough that they shouldn't be in danger of of, fall, of falling a lap down. You know, they'll get points because of their finishing position. And, you know, you've got a guy like Alex Bowman starting starting 11th. He's run really well here at Dover the last two the, the, the last two races. Fin- he finished third and second. Compare that to what he did the, the year before that, 28 and 23rd. So he apparently learned something going, coming into this race. It transferred, it transferred over last year. This track, they're going to use the same uh, Goodyear tire that they used at Las Vegas. Auto, I believe... Auto Club, Darlington, 
and Homestead. Those were all tracks that Bowman did really, really well at. Temperature is going to be lower than it has been in the in the previous weeks. Bowman does better when the when the track isn't as hot and hot and slick. You know, Bowman could easily be a guy that moves into the top five. And I mean, he, he's run so well with this with this tire package at those tracks. You know, you may even sneak some dominator points out of him. Someone asked about uh, Kozlowski on FanDuel. He's going to be one of your off the wall dominator picks. Like, you know, you're just going to, you're going to take chase. You're going to take Denny. You're going to take Truex as your, as your top lap leader. But then you add in Keselowski as that low owned second dominator option. I've got him highlighted in the race sheets as a, as a possible, uh, possible dominator. Yeah. Track history wise, he hasn't been that fantastic here. He's averaged, uh, Average finish has been 15.2 over the last, last six races, but he's averaging 35.5 laps led over those races. So obviously he's getting to the lead. It's just not sticking towards the end. So, you know, you play him, you hope that the trend reverses itself and that he becomes a, a, a low owned option. Like, let me go over here to the, the projections. 14%. I mean, that's definitely a, a jumping off point where you can gain leverage on the field. You know, we're getting a lot of uh, a lot of FanDuel questions. Love all the questions. Uh, makes my job real easy. <laughs> but uh, you know, let's um, let's uh, look. In this question, is uh, Hamlin or Elliott on FanDuel? They're so, God, they're so close. I mean, there's only a four hundred dollar di- difference. So really, what you need from from one, you basically need from the other. Um, when it comes to, to dominator points, um, I, I'm going to say that if you're going to choose one over the other, my heart says go with go with Hamlin. I think he's he's run better in this in this tire tire package. Uh, I do believe, yeah, I think we saw him win at at Darlington. We saw him win at at Homestead at a quasi similar track at at Bristol. He led a he led over over a hundred laps. So you know this this kind of this kind of track it really suits it suits Hamlin. And I think that if you're going to go with one over the other, it probably is Hamlin. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, tier number three, which is drivers in the six k and seven k range, I feel like every uh, every week uh, the, there are certain drivers in this range that we always talk about. Um, Christopher Bell seems to be someone that we talk about a lot uh, every week. Uh, Tyler Reddick is someone we talked a lot about uh, last week. I know there was a question we got about uh, Cole Custer in this range. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. We, we seem to talk about a lot. Um, you know, what's what's kind of, uh, you know, Chris Boucher is another one that I know we got a question about. Uh, he started in the 12th spot. So what, what sticks out to you about this tier? <clears throat> this is probably the tier that if, if you're playing playing cash or you're trying to fill out a couple of spots for in your tournament lineups for place differential drivers, these are going to be the, the guys that you're really having to, to parse. I mean, you're going to have to debate, is Matt DiBenedetto starting 14th at 7,400, what's his likelihood to stay up front and end up with more points via finishing position than Cole Custer, who's at $100 cheaper but has more place differential? 
Um, same thing with Tyler Reddick. He starts 16th. We know Tyler runs really well at these high-banked ovals. Can Tyler outscore both of these guys via the small amount of place differential that he has to gain plus his finishing position? You will go 100 bucks below Reddick, then you've got Matt Kenseth, who has all the place differential in the world, starting 26th. But, God, I mean, every week we have to worry is – some new mechanical thing, some driver error going to happen with with Kenseth. So these are a lot of your a lot of your drivers that you're going to have to really kind of weigh one against the other about finishing position points versus place di- place differential. You know, I've I got a lot of guys in this range that you could just easily swap in and out of out of lineups. I, I think my favorite, and you can play him in cash or tournaments, is going to be is going to be Tyler Reddick because mm-hmm. we've seen him run so well at this sort of sort of track, and you know he's got top five upside because of that uh, because of that ability. And I can't say the same thing for Cole Custer. I can't say the same thing for Matt Kenseth. Definitely can't say it for Newman, Wallace, Hunter, Mc, McDowell. All of these guys on, underneath him, you know, cut, that Reddick's probably got the best. The best ceiling out of out of all of these guys, but yeah, you know, I could somewhat maybe make the case for for Clint Boyer too, who's run here pretty well. He's going to be a guy that nobody wants to play starting starting fourth because he seems destined to just go to go backwards. But he's he's led laps here before. He's run well here, and with you know this race Sundays and then Daytona next week being only three races until the end of the regular season. Boyer needs to ensure his his position and you know a couple of top fives, top tens this weekend will go a long way in in helping protect that that lead over sixteenth place. I know that's something that you wrote about this week about, you know, hey, there's only three more races left in a regular season before we get to the playoffs. And, you know, and it kind of made me wonder is how much does that go into your thought process on how you're building your lineups when you know there's certain drivers who a have to make up some room or 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 whatnot. Is that going into your consideration? Yeah, it it is, and it's something that we'll definitely explore uh, tomorrow when we know where where this field stands because of because of this race. Because you know we could see some wild swings in that 15th through uh, 18th spots in the in the playoffs. And Reddick, for his credit. Is only I believe 16 spots behind, 16 points behind William Byron for that for that last spot. If Reddick can sneak away with a with a top five here, and you know Byron just kind of hangs out, Reddick could really make a big uh, punch, a big hole in that in that lead, and really tighten things up. In terms of uh, you know the the tier four, which is uh, our uh, everyone under six k. Um, you know, uh, you know, one of the, you know, the joy is someone you, you've already brought up, um, you know, in today's show, um, you know, Ty Dillon at 25, someone we, we tend to talk about, uh, Daniel Suarez, I feel like the last two weeks is, has been someone we've really talked about a lot as well. I mean, he, and he's a highest price option this tier at 5,800. Right. Uh, I've got Suarez listed as a, as a cash option, but the, the problem is with Suarez is that. He's kind of he's kind of maxed out position wise where he's already where he's starting because of this new this new formula. Back you know, back when it was random draw and he was starting thirty seventh, you know, he was almost a bet, pick up ten spots, and then maybe with a little attrition he can he can move forward. You know, that was the bet on him last week, 
And surprisingly, that race was great. I mean, we had no cautions until, uh, no true cautions, that is, until late in the race. And you know, Suarez, he didn't move up. He, he finished basically where he, where he started. So, you know, once again, if you're going to play Suarez, you need wrecks. You need people moving backward. And Suarez is, you know, with his, with his, uh, with his equipment, he, uh, he'll probably, you know, he won't be one of the first guys to get to get lapped, but he'll definitely be in danger by the end of the first segment. The two guys that are going to garner the most ownership in this in this spot, it's going to be Ty Dillon starting 25th at 5500, and then the the mega chalk Corey LaJoy starting 29th um, at at five at 5000. Same thing on FanDuel. Ty's only 4K. Uh, Corey's only only 3500. I mean, they're they're way underpriced. We're getting about a thousand dollar discount on Ty compared to where he's been. It's kind of the same thing for for LaJoy. You know, I I don't get why the algorithm at DraftKings put put these drivers where, where they are, but I mean it's there. And quite frankly, if you wanted to build a double punt lineup with Dylan and LaJoy as the as the punts in every lineup on, on DraftKings, I mean it's there. There is no reason not to. Ty can easily start twenty-fifth. Finished around 21st, end up with about 25 points in himself, hit that 5K mark, and then LaJoy, you know, in this in these kind of similar packages, he's uh, a similar package. He's been finishing about 23rd, 22nd. You give him seven spots, he's going to end up with near 29 points today. I mean, that'll definitely pay off at that 5,000 uh, K salary. You know, we mentioned at the beginning of the show about if you're going to go with a dom, you know, with three dominators. You mentioned about on DraftKings you need at least two, but if you go with a, a three dominator type of lineup of, of three drivers that you believe can dominate, do you uh, pretty much you've got to take at least one driver out of tier four? Yeah, and I think you're going to be forced to take two because you're taking, you know, you you are forcing. 30, 31, 32 thousand dollars of your fifty thousand dollar cap on on DraftKings and just three guys, it is going to force you in this in this area. So I think that you know you you're definitely going to have to have to uh, play one. And if you go with the rest of the of the chalk and play Austin Dillon, then you're definitely going to have to play two two of these guys. Just uh, looking at some of the questions, one of the first comments: Nemarek Day. When isn't it a uh, a Nemorek day? Um, yeah, John Hunter is a he, he, It's another it's another question of DraftKings algorithm about why DraftKings continues to price this guy. You know, he should probably be in that same Lajoy, Dylan, Gase area. Uh, we don't have any track history for for John Hunter at Dover in the in the Cup Series, but. If you look at similar high banked ovals this year, he's got an average finish of 19. So, I mean, there, there's some upside there. When you look at his recent track history, it scares the bejesus out of you because you're seeing a bunch of DNFs. But you know, you, you don't have to take the court. You don't have to trust the any kind of corollary between the Daytona road courses. Or, or Michigan, you can say, okay, we know at Darlington, Homestead, Bristol, this is what we've gotten out of John Hunter Nemechek. Perhaps we can get the same out of him. 
I, I'm not going to fault you for for that for that play, but quite frankly, I would just rather go down the thousand or even the fifteen hundred to to Dylan and LaJoy who feel safer at this point. I know we went over this earlier, but you know someone had asked about this and, and didn't catch it earlier in the show. And, and Anthony asking about uh, thoughts on Matt Kenseth. He's a cash play. Nothing. Nothing else. Um. You know, not really going to look at his track history here at Dover over the last over the last three years. He's, you know, no races last year. Filled in in the in the sixth car for Jack Roush in 2018. Finished 20th. His last year at JGR 11th and 13th. So I mean, it's it's good numbers, but when I look at what he's done at the high banked ovals, Darlington, Bristol. Homestead average finish of 20th. And that was average finish of 20th. And that was with him starting 14th. So I think Kenseth is a, is a floor play for, for cash and nothing else. Uh, Rashad asks, he says Austin or Boyer for DraftKings and GPP. I think, I think Austin, you know, I, I'm not a fan of that of that of that salary. I think because of that place differential, which is what you're paying for, he's just got such a such a safe floor that you you really can't say about Boyer. Uh, over on the uh, premium uh, Slack, we got a Hoodmaster. Love the name. Uh, says, "Who's your favorite driver? Not name Elliot Hamlin or Truex. That would definitely you want to lock in your DraftKings GPP. It's got to be Harvick. I mean." Mm-hmm. You know, we, we made the case for, for Harvick earlier. Over the last six races, best driver rating, most fantasy points, whether you're looking at FanDuel or, or DraftKings. He has a win here. Five top ten finishes. Most fastest laps, most laps led. He's been so good here. And when, you know, if, if we're using the 2018 races as our corollary, he led the most laps in both races. Yeah. Uh, by the way, got to mention about, uh, you know, the NFL season's right around the corner. I don't know if you've noticed this, Phil. Training camps are – the pads are hitting. Uh, it was uh, great to see the pads here in Tampa hitting this week. And, of course, that means fancy football is right around the corner. And get an Osmo draft kit for just twenty nine ninety five. is projections, rankings, and the draft wingman, which you're going to need on draft night. So you got to check that out over at awesomeo.com forward slash join and uh, four new FFPC members get a $35 credit when you sign up for an awesome draft kit. Uh, you know, so are, are you looking forward to football season? Yes, sir. Got my uh, home league draft next, uh, next Saturday night. Can't, can't wait. Oh yeah, man. And you got to check out awesome plus and get uh, all those projections and whatnot. And be sure to get that fantasy football draft kit for just twenty nine ninety five. Uh, another question from Rashad. He says, "Guys below six point three k, who would be a good play for GPP on DraftKings?" So we're looking at Michael McDowell, Ricky Sternhouse, Chris Boucher, Daniel Suarez, Ryan Pierce, Ty Dillon, on down the list. The guy that is probably you know we've we've already talked ad nauseum about Suarez, Dillon, LaJoy, um, possibly. Possibly Priest. Like, let me pull over here and see what he's done in this package. Okay. The the Darlington, the Homestead, the Bristol, when you look at all those races, average finish of 23.8. So, I mean, that that 
that's that's so so the guy that really kind of intrigues me is michael mcdowell mm-hmm. uh, you look at all these guys 6300 or or under he's got the best average finish in the field of everybody at 17 17.3 now of course that came with him starting much further back in the field than, than 15th but the hope is that McDowell can take advantage of this starting position, hold his place, not really be any kind of threat to get lapped or, you know, worry about, you know, putting himself back in that position. If he can just kind of hang around the, the, the lead lap finish relative to where he starts, he could easily outscore everybody below him just because of that finishing position. Uh, next up, we get uh, Logano or Kozlowski, DraftKings GPP. I think you got to go with, uh, with with Brad. Ever since the return to racing, we've seen a lot more consistency and better uh, better driving out of Keselowski than what we've seen uh, out of Logano. I will tell you this: so since I started doing the show with you, I get a, I get a lot of friends who are like, "Okay, Jason, I'm I'm starting to get into NASCAR NASCAR DFS," and they're like, and I and I go, "Look, you just got to listen to Phil. Just listen to what he says." But uh, for those you know newer NASCAR players, and maybe they want to put in a lineup today. It, it, how would you tell them in terms of, of how to understand NASCAR DFS a little better? Yeah. yeah. Every, every, every race is its, is its own unique snowflake. <laughs> and it's, it's always relative to, to, to how long the, the, the race is. So when it comes to races that are under 100, 100 laps, you generally don't worry about, about dominators. When you get to 100 to 200, you start considering at least one, maybe two. Okay. That 200 to 400 range, definitely, definitely two. And anything beyond 400, before, beyond 400 laps, then we're looking at three, maybe even, maybe even four. So this definitely falls in the wheelhouse of a of a two of a two dominator dominator build. You know, it's so hard to pass at this track. It's going to be such an advantage for these guys that are that are starting up front. So you, you you definitely start with either Elliot, you start with Hamlin, you start with with Truex, and then you start building your place differential drivers around around those guys. Another comment from uh, from Slack says uh, goes didn't think we heard us discuss Jimmy Johnson thoughts on him today. Ooh, uh, this is Jimmy's winning this track. Like out of all of the of the places that he's won in the Cup Series, this is the the place that he has won the won the most times. I believe he has 11 career victories. In fact, I believe the, the last time that he won a cup race was at this race in the spring of 2000 and uh, yeah, the spring of 2017. Jimmy is a guy that you could look at possibly as a, as like a partial dominator. Like you, you put in your two, your two definite dominators, but then you could add in Jimmy at 8,000 as a guy that picks up some laps led, picks up some fastest laps, still probably finishes relative to, to where he started and becomes a, becomes a value. And because of those dominator points ends up outscoring guys like Bowman, Bush, Byron, all those guys around him. Uh, thoughts on, and this is a FanDuel question, by the way, thoughts on Amarillo in this spot? FanDuel is committed to pricing up Eric Almirola. I mean, they they continue to keep his price up, but I mean, 
starting 17th and Almirola has, has run relatively well here. And, you know, going back to those 2018 races, Eric Almirola was a surprise dominator in the, I believe in the spring, the, it was either the, the either one of those two races, but if Almirola's got his track notes to go back to, and of course we know he's been super consistent ever since uh, Homestead. On FanDuel 10-7, it's going to be tough for me to pay 10-7 for Almirola when I can go up $500 and get access to, to Kyle Busch, who I, who I can project to you know actually be a top five finisher by the end of the day. But you know, in tournaments, using Almirola as leverage off of Bush makes makes a lot of sense. Uh, back over to YouTube, uh, Reddick or Matty D on DraftKings GPP. Um, I'm going Reddick. I think I think Reddick will finish somewhere around fifth, sixth, seventh today. I, I just get the sense he's in a lot of your lineups. I have this un, unnatural love relationship with Tyler Reddick. I I have. I have come the full circle from thinking that he was a trash driver to just totally embracing the way that the, the way that he drives. I I am such a fanboy. Like half of what I say about Tyler Reddick should should be taken with a grain of salt. <laughs> I, I I use a fancy baseball analogy, and uh, this is like the first year I've not played a season long fancy baseball just because we decided six games. Let's not do it. Right. We always talk about the man crush list. How you you always draft somebody that's on someone else's man crush list. Because then you can trade him to him. So right. is Reddick like on your man crush list? Oh, yeah. At, at this point, it's a wonder I don't have a fat head of him up in my weight room. <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, uh, Andrew's saying, uh, guys in our 6Ks, uh, we like. Um, I know we kind of mentioned 63 and under, but I guess we can talk about, you know, under 6K uh, that, uh, you know, obviously you've, uh, you've talked about, uh, you know, Ty Dillon. Um, in this spot, we talked a little bit about LaJoy earlier. Anybody else that uh, you believe is good options? Uh, okay, let me just let me just go down the tier. Newman, I don't think he's fit for either either cash or, or tournaments. Uh, Bubba, I can make a case for him in, in, in cash, but I mean it's it's not that sexy. Nemechek, we've talked we've talked about him. You're kind of hoping that what you've seen at, at these other high banked ovals transfers over today. McDowell, nothing but a, a a tournament option. Stenhouse, you can make a, a case for him as either tournament or tournament or cash, but there's better options underneath him and, and above him. Busher starting twelfth, that's you know, that that's a range that I don't want to get Busher in. Uh next up, uh best play seventy eight hundred and down. I would imagine that's obviously DraftKings question. Didn't didn't say, but I'm guessing that's a DraftKings question. It's it's got to be Tyler Reddick or, or Matty D. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm just gonna order you a, a, a Tyler Reddick fat head. It's gonna, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna just deliver. You're gonna know who it's from. Um, uh, Tanner says Kozlowski with Reddick or Elliott with Austin Dillon. Woo. So Kozlowski with Reddick or Elliott with Austin Dillon. I think Elliot with Dylan. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler says uh, Matty D has also upgraded his car as well, so that looks good for him. Yeah. Um. Uh, 
Tyler, uh, John H. Demichek has a sneaky record here. Finished third not that long ago. Okay, so looking looking back at the Xfinity, Xfinity Series races, well, that, you know, we, we try not to put too much trust it, trust into those because the way the Xfinity uh, cars drive versus the the Cup, it's it's different. But that's a that that's a that's a little ray of sunshine if you are going to play uh, Nemechek. Uh, this is a uh, FanDuel question: Amarola or Blaney? God, uh, I'll take Amarola. I I foresee a thirteenth to twelfth place finish for for Blaney, mm-hmm. and whether that's FanDuel or or DraftKings, that's that ne- neither neither salary uh, works with that finish. Yeah, I'm just looking at Blaney's ownership. Oof, not good. <laughs> I guess if you if you were going to uh, do a uh, you know a a straight up uh, contrarian play, he would be a contrarian play. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think that DraftKings does these salaries because they are they are purposely trying to affect own, uh, ownership, and I mean they did it this week. Yeah, it's uh, we have a two percent ownership, by the way. That is. That is bananas. Like if you are if you are doing 150 uh, lineups today, I mean crap. You can double the field at just four percent ownership. That's Josh Balicki has higher ownership. Man, <laughs> tough times. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look. It's you know if 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 you're looking to play that complete contrarian lineup, I mean, and he yeah. want to pay up for playing it that much. I mean, obviously there's uh, no one's taking him. Um, Eric Jones or Kyle Busch, DraftKings GPP. Okay, um, Jones starting thir- starting thirteenth versus Kyle starting twenty twenty second. I know that no. there's Kurt Busch. Oh, Kurt Busch. Okay, that I Kurt's run here pretty pretty well, and so has so has Eric. But God, Eric's up. A mechanical failure or wreck always waiting to waiting to happen. Um, and, you know, th- this is going down narrative street, but we still have no clue where Eric is going to race ne- next next season. You know, there and the 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 available seats are kind of kind of drying up. Perhaps Eric puts to puts together another good run today, trying to make a make a good impression, and you know he outscores Kurt just because he has seven more spots to gain. Uh, Andrew says, uh, "Any love for Custer? You're getting place. Dif- you're getting place differential, and we've seen Custer run, you know, somewhat well at these at these higher bank tracks. Like, let me pull over here. Ugh. Because of what happened at Bristol, his uh, I believe that was the that was the problem child for him. Yeah, uh, because of what happened at Bristol, his average finish in these races." It's it's pulled it's pulled down, but um, well, actually, you know, egg on my face. Uh, these four races, Custer doesn't even have a top twenty finish to his name. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe this year, getting used to the Cup car and these high banked oval, it's it's not just it's just not working for him just yet. And I'm pretty sure that if I look at what he's done over the last few races, yeah. 25th at the road course, 24th and 18th at Michigan, and then 10th at New Hampshire, 13th at Kansas, and then second at at uh, at Texas. He's just kind of been 
I'm sorry, guys. I was looking at Tyler Reddick. Okay, so 22nd at the road course, 25th at Michigan, 34th in the first Michigan race, and then 8th at New Hampshire, 7th at, at Kansas. He's kind of been on a on a downward downward trend. So I, maybe the the, be, the best thing with Custer is to just go down to Reddick or, or Kansas instead of uh, paying 7300 for him. Before we uh, get out of here, uh, of course, this race come up here in two hours from now. Um, let's just kind of talk about that those top drivers. Because you, you mentioned you wrote on Osmo.com. People can check out your articles that you have up there right now. You know, talking about dominators, and, and this is a race you're going to have to have them. Two, if you can get three in there, which obviously three, you're going to have to look at some, some you know, low-tier options. Uh, but, you know, obviously you've mentioned about, you know, the, the concerns you have about Ryan Blaney at his price point. But for the people just tuning in, kind of talk about those other top drivers before we uh, wrap up uh, this this edition of the Strategy Show. Okay. Whether DraftKings or FanDuel, the first two picks that are gonna, that are going to come off the off the board are going to be your cornerstone dominators. And because of our because of our track history, because of the because of the clean air, because of the the, the high banks. It's a pretty safe projection that one of these these top three starting guys are gonna gonna be your 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 top dominator. In fact, probably the two top dominators are gonna come from these from these top three. They're they have great track history. They've run really well in the, in this package. Everything's lining up for these guys. It's just gonna be a matter of who can outrace who um, early on and then later on after after we get established into the race. So, you know, your, your cornerstones are going to come from these top three guys. And then what you do with that third driver, it's going to come down to, do you want to pay up for Kyle Busch's place differential, or do you want to side with a, with a third dominator? Either way, it's going to force you into a, a somewhat similar lineup build. Of course, uh, if you want to get some of those premium tools we have over awesomemote.com, get a NASCAR weekly pass for nine ninety five. get you driver projector projections ownership projections and that top drivers tool so definitely something you want to check out here uh phil you know final thing before we uh you know wrap this thing up uh actually we'll get this question in here we'll wrap it up on this uh from dakota almarola eric jones or bowman have to pick one for DraftKings. i'll go with the cheapest option bowman because i i can safely actually project him to get to the lead and, of course, uh, this race come up here later on this afternoon. Appreciate everyone tuning in here to the NASCAR DFS Strategy Show. Be sure to give Phil a follow on Twitter, at Race Sheets. I am at Jason underscore Floyd. I'll be back here later on today for the UFC Vegas number 7 live before lock. But that is going to wrap it up for the NASCAR DFS Strategy Show.